change the culture. Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Change the Culture podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Scott, and we are going to be getting into the second night of WrestleMania 36. So let's just get down to business. So the first match of the main card was Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley for the NXT Women's Championship. Now this match was really entertaining. I think the back and forth psychology that was going on, um, the way they played into uh, Rhea's knee injury um, that, that went on, and the match and just uh, just going back to it and um, kind of showing her resolve was really, really well. Uh, probably, probably my favorite uh, women's match of the entire uh, WrestleMania card altogether. It was really, really, really entertaining. I think that uh, both of these women put on a match... Um, that was befitting of WrestleMania, so that was really that was just a breath of fresh air, especially with um, the way <laughs> WrestleMania was uh, structured this year. Um, so it was a really it was back and forth, back and forth, uh, just a really really good uh, showcase of uh, a really a really good professional wrestling match. Uh, the finish uh, saw Charlotte Flair defeating Rhea Ripley for the NXT Women's Championship. So now Charlotte Flair is the new uh, NXT Women's Champion. Um, I, I really enjoyed the match. This was the thing that dampened it for me because... Now, I understand, of course, again, I don't get paid by the WWE. I don't work there, so I don't know the inner workings of how everything works. Um, but I know that there's been backstage discussion and kind of rumors going that they've moved Charlotte over to NXT to possibly help with the ratings. And while that could be true, um, it's just it does it didn't feel like the right move uh, for someone who Rhea Ripley she could have benefited tremendously um, from beating Charlotte Flair. Now the 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 what she put on in that match and what she brought to the table was insane, and I think more people have a lot more people have more respect for Rhea Ripley coming out of that match than what they did going in, possibly. I know that I did. You know, I, I only I'd only saw a few matches of hers, you know, prior to WrestleMania, but getting to see this um, really shows that Homegirl knows her stuff, and she is, she is a, going to be a mainstay on the NXT roster or SmackDown roster or Raw roster, depending on, you know, just wherever she goes. Um, but that being said, I do think Charlotte Flair... Um, I, I think what WWE is doing is they're trying to slowly build her to being the first ever 16-time women's champion, and that's that's fine. Um, I don't necessarily think that because she's Ric Flair's daughter that you should have her be the you know almost carbon copy of her father because that dampens what she could do in her own career and it makes it seem like she's having to ride off the coattails of her father, which that's just. I don't know. I, I don't necessarily agree with it, but again, I don't work there. Um, overall, the match was great. I really enjoyed it, and it was a, it was a strong, strong start to night two. The second match of the main card was Aleister Black versus Bobby Lashley. Um, now, this match was made last minute, um, uh, you know, due to the circumstances of uh, COVID nineteen and <laughs> a lot of wrestlers not being able to show up for the event, 
Um, so you do what you can, and you make the changes that are necessary. And uh, this match was actually ended up being pretty entertaining. Aleister Black is probably one of the more entertaining wrestlers to see wrestle on the main card nowadays. Um, he's not that typical clean-cut, um, you know, tattooless guy that comes out with all the baby oil and stuff like that. He's shiny, and he's the big buff man that Vince McMahon looks for. Um, but Aleister Black, he's he's proving that he's, I mean, he's the real deal. Uh, Bobby Lashley, I, I really enjoyed his performance. I think that both of these guys, um, they're, Aleister Black is, he's, he's a bit smaller than Bobby. Uh, Bobby Lashley obviously is, you know, he did MMA and he bulked up quite a bit. Um, so you, you kind of had that. There was a bit of a difference physically, but they, they put on a, a pretty decent match. I think, um, obviously, uh, in the end, Alistair Black went over. He was the victor, and I think obviously that's the the uh, the right way to go. Alistair Black is on this trajectory to I'm hoping um, a main event spot and him going up against uh, Drew McIntyre at some point. Um, and you know, it, it's just it was really it was a really good match. I think it was it was just a showcase of. You know, two wrestlers. Yeah, they got thrown in last minute, but they put up, they uh, they produced something and put something out that was really really good. Uh, the next match was Otis versus Dolph Ziggler. Um, this was probably it's it's weird because the, basically the setup to this match is that Otis uh, is in love with uh, or I don't know if in love in love might be a strong word or a strong statement, um, but he he has feelings. He has feelings for uh, Mandy Rose, and uh, he had tried to ask her out on a date, and then there was this lost, some, things got lost in translation, and apparently he never was never responded to Mandy's text, and then Dolph Ziggler ends up showing up, and it's this big old setup where her friend, Sonya Deville, basically made it to where uh, she ended up with Dolph Ziggler, um, and so they you find this out on, I think, the, the SmackDown before WrestleMania, or maybe the week before the SmackDown before? Anyway, um, and so it sets up for this match with Otis and Dolph Ziggler. And really, it was one of the better... Now, I mean, again, it's it's kind of, you know, dorky in a way, because it's like, oh, it's like kind of a Beauty and the Beast sort of thing. But storytelling-wise, like, it was, it was really... It, it was played off very nicely. Uh, I think Otis was obviously the sympathetic character, and he plays it very well. And you're just like, I want you to beat Dolph Ziggler, and that's what happened. Um, it was it was a good back and forth uh, match here and there. Um, you know, there was uh, a spot where um, Sonya Deville is um, distracting the referee, and Dolph Ziggler tees off and kicks Otis right in the family jewels, and um, it's. It's like, gosh, that hurt. And then you hear Mandy Rose, uh, her music, and she just slaps the crap out of Sonya Deville as soon as she gets down to ringside. And then goes around the ring, goes in, and then low blows Dolph. And then Otis does a couple moves, and then he wins the match. And uh, they, they ride off into the sunset, Otis and Mandy Rose. And so that was it was a really interesting, uh, entertaining match. I think, uh, storytelling-wise, it did a really good job of the friend betraying the other friend. Um... And, you know, the natural, like, good guy, bad guy, just, oh, I can't believe you do something like that. You're such a jerk. So, again, did the job, and, uh, yeah, it was it was really good. Um, 
The next match um, was my favorite match, or is my favorite match of the entire WrestleMania card. Um, Undertaker versus AJ Styles was my favorite match of uh, of night one. Um, Edge versus Randy Orton is my favorite match of night two, but of the entire WrestleMania card. Um, so, for those of you who don't know, um, that may be listening to this and you might not know, but if you are and you do, uh, just listen in. So, nine years ago, or roughly nine years ago, um, Edge, um, he was forced to retire. And this was not too long after uh, WrestleMania 27. He had uh, he had a match with uh, Alberto Del Rio. He won at WrestleMania, and uh, you know, a couple I think either a week or so passed, and he had, he had had some tests done, and it was determined that he needed to retire because um, he had had some he had had damage in his neck before because he had broke his neck in 2003, um, and they just determined that it it just wore down to the point where it was about time for him to to uh, hang up the boots. And so, and which I remember, I remember that Monday Night Raw vividly. And it was, it was rough. It was a rough, um, situation. Um, you know, in, within that time period, you know, I, I had saw Ric Flair's retirement, um, ceremony and then, uh, Shawn Michaels' retirement ceremony after he lost to The Undertaker. But this was just so, like, a gone too soon sort of thing because edge he i mean he wasn't um the youngest of young talent but he wasn't old either and so he you know he had his career essentially cut short well fast forward um and things started going in you know lining up he i mean he had a second neck surgery after he retired and uh just the years going by and you know he had been doing movies and all this other stuff and uh, he, and it turns out that he's he's healthy enough to come back, and um, that's nine years away from the ring. Now he did uh, movies where and TV shows where he did fight scenes and stuff like that, and so he's not he wasn't brittle or anything. But uh, obviously, wrestling is something that's a, you know it's a different realm. But uh, Edge came back in the Royal Rumble, and not too long after that, he and Randy Orton started their feud. Um, and man, it felt like old school WWE. It it was such a um, it, it just it felt like it went back to the formula that made these stories so personal and so uh, engaging. And so going into this match, uh, which was a it was a last last man standing match, it, it was so good. Um, Edge obviously he comes out. I'm not going to do a complete play-by-play, but some of the highlights. So Edge comes out first, uh, which I thought was a little weird. I was like, well, he's the one that's returning. Why is he coming out first? Um, I'll, but it, it plays into uh, kind of the mind games that Orton does. Uh, he pretended to be a cameraman, and he sneaks into the ring, and uh, he hits an RKO on Edge, and then I'll, I'll, immediately you, you start worrying because like, Edge is moving slow. And they fight. They go back and forth, back and forth. Um you know, and then they they eventually go back, uh, start going into the performance center where there's like the weight rooms and stuff, and uh, they're they're just beating the dog out of each other, and it, it it's I mean it's rough. Uh, there is a spot that was a pretty controversial spot due to 
uh, kind of what had been, you know, what had come out in the the recent weeks. Uh, there was a an inside the ropes or or behind the or dark side of the ring. That's what uh, I, I'm pretty sure that's the title of it. Where they did a, a special on um, Chris Benoit. Um, and if you don't know who Chris Benoit is, uh, do the research, Google it, and you'll you'll find out pretty quick that it's not the the best situation and it's not um, the most. Um, oh, I want to read this or know about this, but it, you know it happened. There was a spot where um, Randy Orton puts Edge in this. Um, it looks like uh, it's like this strap or this rope, but he puts his arm, his like his right arm through it, and you know it kind of looks like he's choking Edge. Um, and if you know the history of what happened with Chris Jericho, I mean, uh, Chris Benoit, not Chris Jericho, uh, with Chris Benoit, people kind of got this image in their head and they thought it was a bit, um, it was a bit, it was a bit much, which whenever I first saw the match, that's not the first thing that came to my mind. Um, and, but for some people, that's a thing that you just can't get out of your head. You know, it was, you know, and, um, so it's understandable. Um, it's, it's not something to get upset at Randy Orton or Edge about. Um, it, you know, it was, it was just a spot in the match and I guarantee you they weren't saying, oh, so there was just this recent documentary on Chris Benoit. So we're gonna, you know, we're gonna do this to make people think of that. So that's, that's whatever. Um, but, you know, I digress going back to, uh, the, the match it uh, so they they kept fighting. There was a there was a spot where Edge uh, he like jumps up, grabs a bar, and like kicks Randy Orton through these. Uh, it's like these they're, they're like metal frames that like could hold um, um, you know bars or you know weights or whatever. And uh, it looked like Randy like he he crashed out real bad and like hit one of the metal bars. Um, but you know uh, they're both. <laughs> two tough, tough dudes. Um, there was a really cool spot uh, about, you know, within a couple minutes after all that, uh, where Edge puts Randy Orton in a chair and he kind of jumps up and swings and does kind of a seated senton. Uh, so that was, that was pretty interesting. Uh, it was, it was, I, I really liked the spot. Um, and uh, they keep fighting and then they go out into what looks like a storage area. Um, and it, there's a whole bunch of ladders, and I'm uh, from from the previous uh, quote unquote night of uh, WrestleMania where they had the tag team ladder match. Um, so they they fought around that area. It actually looked like they had some, like they had rings, like the the uh, the parts that you put together to build a wrestling ring, and it looked like that little area. Um, but they kept fighting back and forth. They fought back into some office areas. Um. There was one spot that I got really scared uh, for Edge because he, he puts Randy Orton, um, or not, not not even, I mean, before that, there was a part where the camera's kind of focused on Edge and he grabs his neck and I, like, had to hold my breath for a second because that's like, ooh, that's what made you have to retire, my guy. And, uh, but uh, then, then right after that, he climbs a ladder gets onto this thing and he jumps through, you know, elbow drop on a Randy Orton through a table. And you just think, uh, do y'all not remember what happened? Um, but obviously these two guys are, they've worked together and they trust each other and edge knows his limits. So again, throughout this match, it's a scare fest because you know, historically what has gone on with edge. 
so and I think that's what kept you drawn in. It was like as scared as you were for him, it was just like you want to see him, uh, you know, beat the crap out of Randy Orton. Uh, so they, they keep they keep on fighting. Um, there's a there's a point where that Randy Orton uh, does this suspended DDT on uh, to this like truck bed uh, cover, and uh, that that was another spot where it was like oh y'all gotta be careful. But it, it was just it was good. Um, then uh, the match ends. You, the ending to the match you see uh, they Edge and Randy climb on top of this uh, semi trailer. And uh, they're they're fighting up there, and Edge hits a concerto on uh, Randy Orton um, after back and forth finishing moves and stuff. And uh, so a concerto for people who are listening and they don't know. I'm probably going to be doing this a lot because there could be people that don't really know all the terms of wrestling, so I'm just going to explain where I can. A concerto essentially is where a wrestler puts a chair under another wrestler's face while they're you know laying down. You know they're down on the ground, and they take another chair and they slam it, essentially on top of their head. Obviously, they're not hitting their head; they're hitting the, you know, the opposite side of the chair, making that loud noise that make you, you know, that makes you, ah, oh, that was rough. Uh, so he hits a concerto on Randy, and Randy just kind of, he he doesn't, he's not completely knocked out, but he's, you can tell it's it took a lot out of him, and he's just kind of laying there, moving slightly. Um, and there was a point where like where Edge starts crying, um, and I like. I I have rarely ever cried during wrestling, and it, it's uh, obviously during I think Shawn Michaels' retirement is where I like got up like I I got teary teary eyed and I cried a little bit. Also, I was like a little baby, uh, wasn't a little baby. I was probably in my preteens um, or teenage years. Um, and then I cried when Jeff Hardy won the WWE Championship for the first time. Um, like I, I vividly remember it happening, and I went and like I knocked the wind out of myself somehow, and then I started like <laughs> I started weeping because oh yeah, it was such it was such an amazing moment. But back to WrestleMania, Dylan. Um, so yeah, so the 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 ending saw Edge win in his return match, uh, first singles match in over nine years, um, and it was it was really it was really good that that match. Um, I know Dave Meltzer is kind of a snob when it comes to wrestling matches, and he, you know, unless it's you know, uh, you know, AEW or, or uh, an Okada Kenny Omega match, you're rarely going to get a five or six star match from him. But for me, uh, on a five star system, uh, Edge and Randy put on a six star match. Um, they, the, it was the storytelling was there. It, it, it violent. You could tell these guys wanted to put each other. Uh, away for good, um, and, you know, it, it was, it was just a standout match, and probably, um, one of my favorite WrestleMania, WrestleMania matches of all time, uh, the next, there was a, a hokey little segment where, um, Mojo Rawley was running around, and, uh, trying to run away from people, because he's the 24-7 champion, and uh, Rob Gronkowski, and yes, you heard that right, the former tight end of the New England Patriots, um, who was the host of WrestleMania, he dives off of this balcony and lays all the guys out, and he pins Mojo Rawley. And now Gronk is the 24-7 champion. It It's okay. Um, <laughs> I really, unless it's like R-Truth, um, carrying the championship, um, it's not really an entertaining, you know, 
thing because you know a lot of people that aren't our truth take it too seriously and it's you know whatever moving on to actual wrestling um the next uh match was uh the street profits versus angel garza and austin theory for the raw tag team championships now this match uh was pretty good they um definitely rehashed a couple of spots um from previous monday night raws uh montez ford yells wrestlemania to the top of his lungs and then runs and does this front flip over the top rope and uh austin i think austin theory actually caught him this time um and it it was it was a good back and forth match it was really entertaining um the uh the street profits retained uh, as they should have um and yeah it was it was really good i really really enjoyed um tag team wrestling had has been kind of eh, for the fat for the past couple of years as far as wwe goes um nxt obviously was thriving because um you have people down in nxt that kind of know how to write wrestling uh write for professional wrestling and the producers know what they're doing uh but this was it was it was a good match it was fairly entertaining um and yeah the ending saw the champions retain which um was good i i don't think at every uh i don't think every title needs to change hands at wrestlemania um i do think sometimes though if you are going to have a big match uh it does it is effective to change the the championship but sometimes it's better to keep the the championships on the um the team that brought it into wrestlemania so um really enjoyed that match um, next up was the Fatal Five Way um, with Bailey, the SmackDown Women's Champion, versus Sasha Banks, Naomi, Tamina, and Lacey Evans. Uh, this match was pretty good. Um, again, just my opinion. Um, this match was pretty good. Uh, it made Tamina, who uh, I think a lot of us could agree was uh, if, you, if you know if you keep up with wrestling, was a wild card. Uh, it was a little weird to put. Uh, Tamina in a title match after really not being relevant ever, um, or, or at least being, um, you know, keeping up, I guess, being there throughout the, the product through the, the majority of the year. Um, but they made her look really good. They made her look like a tough, tough old gal. Um, all, all four of the other participants hit their uh, hit their form of a finisher or whatever, and they all dogpiled on to uh, Tamina, and they eliminated her, which it was it's pretty obviously yeah she got eliminated first, but she looked like a tank, and it was it was good, and it was good for uh, Tamina to finally kind of get that have a little bit of legitimacy put to her name. After that, um, it it was it was a good back and forth match. You had. Um, um, some some pretty entertaining spots. Um, after that, Naomi um, got eliminated, so you took took her out of the match, which was, um, I mean, I I do think eventually Naomi does need a run with the belt, um, but I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. But um, she she put up a good fight in the match. Um, now this is what's interesting. So leading up to the finish, uh, now you now you have Bailey, Sasha Banks, and Lacey Evans in the match. Um, Sasha Banks and Bailey are both um, you know storyline best friends and also in real life. And um, 
Sasha was put in the match just randomly, and that's obviously to cause dissension uh, between the two of them. But uh, there's a spot where Bailey ends up running her knee into Sasha's face, or in, into her, in the side of her head or whatever. And uh, Sasha comes back in, and she's like, hey, what the heck was that? You know, after everything that I've done for you. Uh, and then Lacey Evans gets up, and she goes to hit her finisher on uh, one of them, and uh, or I think Bailey. And uh, so Bailey pushes Sasha out of the way, and kind of deflects the the finishing move and then Lacey Evans turns around and uh, does it on Sasha Banks uh, and eliminates Sasha Banks and Bailey's literally laying across the ring staring at it watching it happen um, and so and it, it looked it, it was a pretty good spot the way that the timing of it was really good um, and it, it 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 was loud that hit was loud and so it I think it was very effective the way that they did it um, and yeah uh, then not too long after that, Bailey did her thing, and um, she eliminated Lacey Evans. She retained the championship, which I think, again, is a good idea. Um, Storytelling-wise, if if Sasha would have won the belt at uh, Mania, which I wouldn't have been upset with, um, I do think that she needs the SmackDown Women's Championship, and I think when she does win it, it's, it is going to be a... Um, it's gonna, she's going to take the, the women's division on SmackDown for a wild ride, and it's going to be... There's going to be a lot of entertaining matches... But Bailey winning creates that tension that will lead into either Money in the Bank or uh, Rest, not WrestleMania. Um, yeah, they're going to wait one one whole year um, or SummerSlam. Uh, so that's and that's going to be an interesting match because it's finally going to be um, they're going to obviously turn Sasha he, uh, face again, uh, and it'll it'll be it'll be good. It'll be really entertaining. Uh, next up was uh, The Fiend Bray Wyatt versus John Cena in a Firefly Funhouse match. You're probably uh, thinking to yourself, huh? Uh, yeah, you heard me right. It was a Firefly Funhouse match. Similar, you know, to the Boneyard match. It wasn't a traditional wrestling match. Um, but it was entertaining. It There were some things that uh, were said, done, um, in this little segment that I thought was... I'm kind of surprised that that was uh, allowed to be produced and put on a, a WrestleMania card um, because a lot of it um, was not t- typical of WWE. Um, uh, the, basically, the the whole match starts with John Cena entering out into the Performance Center. He does his entrance and it's the do 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 that whole thing, um, and he says "Welcome to Re-, and then it just the screen goes kind of glitches out and it shows all these different uh int- introductions to WrestleMania like Howard Finkel WrestleMania or uh, Vince McMahon all this other stuff and uh John Cena ends up appearing in the Funhouse uh, the Firefly Funhouse Flun I can't say where it's Firefly Funhouse um and the the madness begins uh he goes in and Bray is just introducing he he's Essentially, what Bray's doing is he's uh, reciting the uh, promo that Kurt Angle cut um, that brought in John Cena. Um, and he's like, I, I challenge anybody to come out. And then John Cena, lo and behold, comes out in his in the attire that he first debuted in. Uh, as, you know, the, the attire that he had wore whenever he was the prototype in uh, OVW, which was these uh, shorts with, um, like, red shorts with blue... 
uh, designs on them, or like blue, I don't, I don't know, kind of like, either way, like the waistband was blue and then it had a blue, I'm not going to describe it, I'm not, you know, uh, going to do that, um, but he comes out and he's not wearing his jorts or his knee pads or his sneakers that nobody knows which brand they are, um, and he's, they, they recreate John Cena's debut, and then they do a flashback to, uh, like, basically making fun of all the muscled up beef heads from the uh, Hulk Hogan era and Ultimate Warrior, um, like the, like, WrestleMania 1 era type of guys that, um, you know, John Cena, essentially, he's like, he has these dumbbells and he's pump like, he's pumping iron at the, at the speed of light and his arms, his arms turn into noodles and stuff. And, uh, and then it cuts to WCW Nitro and Bray Wyatt kind of looks, he's in this leather jacket similar to Eric Bischoff and, uh, he introduces uh, John Cena, and John Cena comes out to the NWO uh, entrance theme, and so he, and he's carrying the WD, uh, the NWO World Heavyweight Championship, like the spray paint on it, and uh, essentially he's like playing. It's like this, you know, bad guy John Cena. He's finally like this imagery of uh, him finally turning heel, and then uh, so that it was just it was weird to see, but it was really interesting the way that they did that. And uh, he, he comes in, and he's doing his thing, and then he finally turns around, and he starts uh, attacking Bray Wyatt, and he's beating him up, and all of a sudden, you look down, and it's this stuffed animal, like pig, with, looks like chocolate that's been, like, smeared all over, like, all over his mouth. Basically, um, that that pig uh, puppet is representative of Bray Wyatt when he first came into the WWE as Husky Harris. Um and it's just like it was a lot. There was a lot of mind games being played, um, you know. And then it was just it was really it was just a lot of it was kind of like, wow, this is they're actually doing that. Oh wow, that's uh, this is a side of John Cena that we really haven't seen. It's like this these mind games that are being played. There's even a point where Bray Wyatt says, "You can look, but you can't touch." He's and that was that's referring to Nikki Bella or the Bella's theme song. So Nikki Bella and Brie Bella, uh, you know, referencing the fact that John Cena was with Nikki Bella and basically saying, you know, rubbing it in his face that they're not together anymore. And that's one of the things. Where it's like, did they really just put that on WrestleMania? And that's not a bad thing. That's just to be honest, it's kind of that's incredibly unexpected. Um, and I imagine John Cena did that himself or added that in. Possibly, I think that he wanted that to be in there, which is good. Uh, this this match, we um, we saw Bray Wyatt uh, or the Fiend uh, pin John Cena and defeat him, and uh, it was it was. I, I've seen it uh, compared to you know taking LSD, can't relate, but it was a trip. That match was all over the place, but it was really interesting. It was really interesting, really entertaining, and I think it broke from the mold of what WWE is known for, which is kind of sticking to the boring stuff. And uh, I think they 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 pulled off something that was um, really, really, really entertaining. Um, so uh, the final match of the night was Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Um, this match 
was next to a carbon copy of Braun Strowman versus Goldberg. Um, it was a spot fest uh, that you know they fought for a little bit, but then Brock Lesnar hit what three or four F fives on Drew McIntyre, and then you turn around and you get three or four Claymore kicks, uh, and Drew McIntyre won the championship. Which I'm like, that was something that I was hoping that was going to happen. Um, I had heard speculation that Drew was not going to win the championship at Mania because they wanted to wait for a you know for a crowd to be there. Um, but again, WWE uh, making the decision to go ahead and put the belt on him is best, uh, best for business, as they say. Um, it was a feel good moment. Uh, Drew McIntyre is one of those guys where, if looking at his story, you just think, what went wrong? Like what? Why in the heck would you have a talent like Drew McIntyre and you waste him? You know, um, and and so him coming back and getting back to the point where he pr- should have been pushed back then, um, or was seemingly going to be pushed back then. Um, it, it was a really good. It was a really really good moment um, to see Drew McIntyre finally win the WWE Championship. And somebody convincingly put Brock Lesnar away and beat him. Um, so we have a new WWE champion. Um, and uh, I think it was uh, the right move. Overall, it was it was entertaining just for the sole fact. Obviously, we didn't get a uh, a real wrestling match. You know, a, you know, a full-fledged wrestling match, which is disappointing. And it's not very fitting of a WWE championship match. You want your guys to be fighting and, you know, an all-out brawl. Um but it was entertaining nonetheless because you had that feeling, or at least I did, that Drew was a gonna, he was going to walk out as WWE champion, and so you just were savoring the moment until he hit his Claymore kick and won the belt. Um, so yeah, that's night two of uh, WrestleMania 36. Overall, um, for night two, uh, I, I would have to give it a, a nine out of ten um, on the rating scale because. Well, yes, night one had um, those highlights, and they had those breakout. It just didn't feel like a cohesive card, and that's what kind of that was what was kind of off-putting for me, in a way. Um, But night two felt like it put on the the better matches. and whether that's because Sunday is typically the actual WrestleMania, um, who knows? But it was it was a it was a fun weekend, and I think WWE um, in general they they put on something that was unique, and you gotta you gotta tip your hat to them um, because not a lot of people um, were expecting to have a WrestleMania, um, and we we got one. And I was thoroughly entertained, and I, I respect the heck, you know, out of what, uh, out of what those people did um, for that, for those, those jam-packed nights of uh, tapings for this. So yeah, there you go. That is my take on WrestleMania 36. Definitely let me know what you think of the card if you got the chance to watch it. Whether you watched it "quote unquote" live or if you just have been watching it here and there, let me know what you think. Voice your opinions because uh, this was this was a WrestleMania uh, to remember. Um, 
for whatever circumstances you want to remember it for. Um, <laughs> that's that's obviously up to you. Um, but yeah, bravo, bravo WWE. Um, and lastly, you know, and I'm going to say this every time. It doesn't matter which three letters you support. If you are entertained by something, be entertained by it. If something's not entertaining, you don't have to watch it. There are alternatives to AEW. There are alternatives to WWE. Um, you know, you don't have to put up with something if it's not entertaining. You have the outlets to go indulge in professional wrestling that is entertaining and cares about the action. So don't sit by and don't accept mediocre. Let's change the culture.